Let's, um, let's pray as we look at this bit of scripture together. Loving Father, we thank you that you've given us your words to lead us, to guide us, to ground us. And we pray today that you would open our eyes that we might know Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, um, I just wanted uh, to start with a, blunt, a rather blunt question, if I may. Um, and the question is this. What one thing if it disappeared from your life, would make you feel that your life was meaningless? What thing, if you had to give it up, or, or it was taken away from you, would make you just want to go to your bed, pull up the duvet and disappear? What is it? Well, the way we answer that question is obviously very pers- it's very personal, it's very profound, it's very powerful. But the answer that we come up with tells us what we actually value above everything else. That thing is our centre. That thing is our foundation. It is our meaning. And do you know what? Jesus, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, has come into the world and he says to us, you will never really know me unless I become more important than that thing. Wow. Wow. Jesus says, I've come to be the centre, the meaning, the foundation of your life. And that's really what he means when he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. He says, I've not come to be an accessory for your life, or a magic genie to make all your problems go away. I've come to be worshipped and loved as the Lord of all. Wow. Now this passage we're looking at is from chapter 10 in Luke's Gospel. And if you get a Bible and have a look back at the chapter, early on in the chapter, you'll see that Jesus has just been asked a question question by an expert in the religious law. And, and this, this expert wants to know how to get eternal life. And Jesus answers with a very famous saying. He quotes the two great commandments in Scripture of loving God with all your heart and loving your neighbour as yourself. And the expert in the law wants to know a bit more, so, uh, so Jesus explains to him what it means to love his neighbour. And he tells him the parable of the Good Samaritan. Now that parable, the Good Samaritan, comes right before this passage we're looking at now. And so Jesus has answered how to love your neighbour. The question is, how do you love the Lord your God? 
And it seems in context that Luke himself supplies the answer. What does it mean to love God? How do you love God? Well, we love God by sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to his words. Jesus has come to be the centre of our lives and he won't let us get distracted from that. Back in uh, 2012, the Queen made a very striking Christmas speech and in that speech she was very explicit about her faith in Christ. And right at the end of the speech she quoted the Christmas carol in the bleak midwinter. And then she said this, the carol ends with a question, she said, what can I give him poor as I am? And then she said, well, the carol gives the answer, yeah, what can I give him? Give him my heart. There we have the Queen preaching the good news of Jesus to our nation, telling everyone, basically, to give their hearts to Christ. And that is what this story is all about. What is the most important thing in your life today? Well, in our story, we've got two people. We've got Mary and we've got Martha. Very simple. And we're going to look at this story under the, 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 the headings of those two people. So firstly, Mary. Now, where is Mary in this story? Well, it's, it's obvious, isn't it? Verse 39. She sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. She is literally sat like a little child at the feet of Jesus. Now, in the Gospels, that is the basic posture of discipleship. In other words, you can't be a disciple while you are tall and standing up. When Peter witnesses a miraculous catch of fish in Luke 5, he falls at Jesus' feet. Jairus in Luke 7 falls at Jesus' feet when he needs him to heal his daughter. Legion, famously in chapter 8, the demonised man, falls at Jesus' feet after he's been set free. So it seems that meeting meeting Jesus seems seems to do that to you. You end up at his feet. Only the proud can stand in the presence of the Messiah. But the humble, the broken, the weak, the needy, they all find themselves at his feet again and again and again. And they're the ones who truly come to know him. They're the ones who find grace. They're the ones whose lives are transformed. We are all levelled at the feet of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what our job is. It doesn't matter what our role is, what our background is. It doesn't matter what our education is, what our bank account or investments look like. We're all brought down in the presence of the Messiah to be at his feet. Recently, I was listening to the story of a a lady called Molly Werther. Molly Werther is an American academic, a journalist and historian. She's she's contributed to the the, uh, New York Times and writes for them. And she's also a tenured professor at the University of North Carolina. And she's an expert in the history of religion. Um, She's written a number of books about American uh, Christianity and other cults. Uh, that have, uh, that have uh, developed in, um, in, uh, in the US. And, and she, uh, about a couple of years ago, she suddenly found herself getting spiritually interested. She started reading and she got very intrigued by Jesus. And she read and read and studied, as you can imagine an academic historian would do. And do you know what? She actually found herself becoming a follower of Jesus. And she talks about the struggle of being baptised. And she said, I couldn't believe it. Me, you know, me, 
I had to get into that pool with my t-shirt and my shorts on and be baptised in the church. How humbling, she said. How humbling. But the Messiah calls us to get low. And this story is an invitation. An invitation to come to the Messiah as our supreme priority. To bend the knee. The word for worship in Greek is the word proskuneo. And the word proskuneo basically means to bend the knee. And that is what Jesus calls us to do. And the spiritual irony in this passage is that you can't see Jesus standing up. You've got to get down low. You've got to bend the knee. The proud and the tall and the self-important will never know the Messiah. You and I are made to live like Mary at the feet of Jesus. Loving him and being loved by him. Knowing freedom through him and listening to his word. And in this world... We may be promoted, we may have a name, we may have power and influence and notoriety. We might actually be the queen. But with Jesus, as the queen demonstrated, we just sit at his feet and learn. So we have Mary. Then we have Martha, the second character in our story. Now, where is Martha in this story? Well, she's not sat down, is she? She stood up. She's walking around. She is busy while Mary is listening. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, and, and, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And we might ask, what's the problem with that? After all, it seems that Martha does everything right in the story. She's hospitable. She opens her home to the Messiah. She's busy. She's not a layabout. She's a servant. She's a complete finisher, a doer, an activist. She would have a great CV. She's just the kind of person you would love to employ. Can-do, self-starter, activistic, energetic, efficient, organised. And of course the things that she's doing here are great, aren't they? And yet Jesus says, verse 42, they are not the needed thing. They are good things, but they are not the needed thing. They are, in fact, a distraction from the one thing that is needed. Because the one thing that is needed is Jesus himself and his words. Now, our great city of London is full of Marthas, isn't it? Gifted, great people, thousands of people running around, doing stuff. Achieving things, maybe great things. Martha's with big plans and exciting dreams. And churches are full of them. Pastors like me love people like that. Maybe you're one of them. Come and join my church. I'd love to have you. But you see, whether it's inside or outside of the church, the problem is these Martha's may well not be doing the one thing that is needed. They've become distracted from the great thing by the good things. Martha's activity is good, isn't it? It's not bad, it's not wicked. She hasn't robbed a bank. She hasn't exploited the poor. She hasn't run off with a man next door. She hasn't stolen from Jesus' kitty. But it's just that she isn't listening to him. It's a sin of omission. It's what she doesn't do that is the problem. She's on her feet, walking around, running around, doing things, but not sat at his feet which is where she needs to be. And the effects are striking because 
How would you describe Martha in this story? She is discontented. She is grumbling. She complains about her layabout sister. But how does Jesus reply, verse 41? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Let's think about that. There are obviously many reasons for stress and worry and burnout in our lives. But the fact is, when you don't sit at the feet of Jesus, when you don't listen to his words, you have to become a spiritual orphan. You become a spiritual orphan in God's world. You have to end up thinking, I have to fix everything. I have to sort everything out. I have to be the solution. I have to be strong. I have to be all-knowing. I have to be all-powerful. I have to be everywhere to sort it all out. And to be honest, that is pretty exhausting. That is pretty draining. Because we're trying constantly to live beyond the very limits which God has given to us. And is it not the, the danger that the, the more responsibility and influence we have, the more we tend to talk? You know, whether it's a, in work or home or church, we all tend to talk more the more responsibility we have. We get used to the sound of our own voice, don't we? We become talkers and stop being listeners. We stop asking questions. We stop being curious about people. We stop being interested about people. And we simply talk about our own projects and our own dreams and our own ideas and our own opinions. And, and people have to sit there and politely ask us questions. You've been in that situation of talking to someone and they just, they don't ask you anything. They just talk about themselves. And that's bad enough for people, isn't it? It's rude. It's not very endearing. But it becomes a real problem when you don't listen to the Messiah. It becomes a real problem when I don't sit at his feet anymore. When I just, it, it's rude to talk over other people but it is a profound foolishness to talk over the Messiah, to not hear what he has to say to us. But today Jesus is inviting us to stop. In fact, I should probably put it a little bit stronger. I think he's probably commanding us to stop. He is the Messiah, after all, he can do those kinds of things. And he says, come, listen to me. Now, of course, if we do that, it may well be that the preparations don't get done. It may well be that there are some dirty dishes and the food is a bit burnt. It may well be that some things have to give. And it may well be that I don't achieve all the things I set out to achieve. But you know what? The real work will be done. The real purpose of life will be lived out. And the peace of Jesus Christ will come over us. And we will have become a disciple. We will have learned what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Because at the end of our lives, the Lord won't ask us, what have you achieved? He will ask us, have you loved me? Have you loved me? Have you loved me? That's what he asked Peter, wasn't it? 
Not are you clever? Not are you not have you spoken to thousands? Not Peter, have you planted fifty thousand churches? But have you loved me? Martha isn't evil. She just missed the one thing that is needed. So let's be a Mary. Let's sit down. Let's go to Jesus and his words. Let's be prepared for the one thing that truly matters in life, which is knowing him. Now, if all this talk of stopping, getting low, sitting at someone's feet just puts you off, if bending the knee feels beneath you, if listening to Jesus' word and taking that seriously just seems unrealistic, then just for a moment as we finish, consider the Messiah we're meeting in this passage. Because what did this Messiah do? Is not the story of the Gospel that the Messiah stopped what he was doing, that he took off his kingly glory, that he infinitely lowered himself and got in the dirt for us, that he lost all his power and his, and his prestige. And even worse, he endured a cross of utter humiliation and shame and death to win you and me. If the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Messiah, could lower himself infinitely to get people like us for himself, how much easier is it for us to lower ourselves to get him? And he did all this so that he would be the meaning, the foundation of our lives. And, and the irony is, as we sit at the king's feet, that's how we get exalted. When we go low with him, we get raised with him. He's the one thing that we need today, above everything else. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your wonderful mercy and grace and love that you came for us that you lowered yourself for us that we might be raised up with you open our eyes today to see the wonder of sitting at your feet amen, amen. amen. we're going to sing our final song